0: Welcome back to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward, and I am really, really excited to bring you the conversation this week. I met this week's guest back in 2008 during my first year of coaching ninth grade football for the Iowa City West Trojans. I was a fourth year college student at the time, and I got my very first coaching job which I was really excited about, nervous about. Didn't really know what the heck I was doing, but you know, treading water, doing the best I could. And during the summer workouts leading up to the season, as we were introduced to our team, we ran a drill that is ingrained in my mind to this day. So basically we just lined up all of the players, freshmen through varsity, At the bottom of this three-tiered hill. And we told them, you guys are going to run this as many times as you want. And you can quit whenever you could quit after one. You could quit after five. You can basically quit whenever you want. And of course, about the time we reached 10 hills, all the freshmen had dropped out. In various states of sickness, (laughs) pain, misery, you know, or just not being mentally tough. Except one kid. And that kid is today's guest, George Kittle. Now, back in 2008, he was a puny, probably 5'9", 160 pounds, ninth grade football player. But by God, he was so mentally tough, so willing to work his butt off, that during this ultra endurance, who's got the most guts and fortitude challenge, he outlasted all of the freshmen, all of the sophomores, and all of the varsity team, except one player. I think he got beat by one person, and after talking with him on this podcast, it probably bothers him to this day, because he knew exactly what I was talking about when I brought up the hill drill. Now, let's fast forward to 2017. George's journey has led him to become the Iowa Hawkeye football team's starting tight end. And really a key contributor for their offense. Now, if you don't know much about Iowa Hawkeye football, they are known for their beastly offensive linemen who generally are just behemoths blocking people. And even with all these giants on the offensive line... George worked his way up to become one of the best blockers for their team. And that doesn't even speak to his receiving talents, in which over the last two years he scored 10 touchdowns, made an insane one-handed catch against Maryland that got some ESPN hype, and he even got himself on the cover of Sports Illustrated now if you're listening out there and you're a teacher or a coach one of the greatest benefits for our job is that five years 10 years maybe even 20 years down the line you get to see what your students or your players have accomplished and when you coach or teach someone like george who instantly has the attitude that he's going to work his absolute hardest to accomplish his goals and is completely coachable and really just an all-around good guy, I can't even express how proud you are watching these kids be successful. It's been a real joy watching, watching him play for the Hawkeyes. And I'm wishing him the best of luck as he pursues a professional football career. Also, after talking to him, the dude has just some solid advice that hopefully affects you as much as it affected me. So I really, really hope you enjoy this conversation with Iowa Hawkeye, Ty Vend George Kittle. If you're listening to this and you're thinking to yourself, hey, I want to hear more conversations with amazing athletes about mindset, adventure, and positivity, feel free to go on iTunes and type in Like a Bigfoot, hit the little subscribe button, or go to our Facebook page, Like a Bigfoot, and share it with your buddies, or go to our website, www.likeabigfoot.com. Any and all support is much appreciated. Without further ado, episode number 22 of the Like a Bigfoot podcast, George Kittle. I just kind of wanted to hear more of the story of how you went from someone who maybe wasn't super heavily recruited to one of the key components of the Iowa Hawkeyes.
1: Well, um... Yeah, like my, I don't know, high school, I was really only recruited, the only offers I had come signing day was Air Force, Navy, and Weber State in Ogden, Utah, and then uh, I actually didn't talk to a single Iowa coach until um, Coach Ferentz called me at like 11 or 12 o'clock on signing day and asked me if I wanted to play football there.
0: (laughs) How'd you feel Um, at that point?
1: Oh, I mean, I was exhilarated. I. That's one of the best friends I, like, I've ever had in my entire life. I was just excited cause I got to go back to Iowa where all my, you know, my closest friends were who I grew up with. Um, just the fact I got to, I mean, a big part of that was for me was I just got to follow my dad's footsteps because he played there, and I had cousins play there, um, and then my cousin Henry was there. It was just, uh, I mean, really a dream come true. I was just so excited to be able to go back there and, uh yeah, I mean, like it's just a lot of it was just the fact that my dad did it, and I just wanted to be able to do something like, I don't know, like my dad's my best friend. So being able to do something that he did, that he took so much pride in, that like, I mean, like watching him tell stories about Iowa football, it just like made me like want to be a part of something like that. And uh, just the fact that I got that opportunity was incredible.
0: Yeah. Did you, were you going into Iowa as a tight end or were you a receiver?
1: Um, it was an athlete, and when I got, my first day on campus was, I went up for the summer workouts, so like, I, got, I was there like June 2nd, our workouts are on the 4th, actually lived, because I lived with my cousin Henry and his roommate Jordan Walsh, in some really tiny apartment, it was really fun, yeah, yeah, it was like a two bedroom apartment, so me and Henry shared air mattresses on the floor.
0: Um, <laughs> that's the best part of college, by the way.
1: Oh yeah no I absolutely I, I mean I moved every single year I lived in a different house yeah so I mean that's an experience all on its own <laughs> I always live with different guys but uh, yeah so that first uh, that first day I, like, I showed up I, I was like six foot two and uh, weighed 201 pounds so yeah they were like we're gonna put you at tight in so you can try all this out and I mean it was nice because I had like CJ for I had Ray Hamilton, Jake Doozy, um, Henry, and then Zach Derby, was a, he was the fifth-year senior. And they all, they all really helped me out. Um, like, Henry was great to have around just because he was so helpful. And also, Steve Ferens was the other tight end in the class.
0: Did you did, – so I know I played just one year of college football, and it wasn't at Iowa. It was at Wartburg, so Division three. But I just remember going in as a freshman, and you feel so young – because you're, yeah. you're playing against actual grown men at the time, and you're like an 18 year old walking in. Did you have that feeling?
1: Yeah, I mean, when I first walked in, I met CJ Fedorich, who was 6'6, 265. <laughs> I had, and he was, I mean, he was only like 21 when I first met him because he was just a, like he graduated in four years. And I was just like, holy cow, like he's three years older than me and he weighs 75 I and mean, 65 pounds more than me. I was just taken back. And then, like, you had guys like Micah Hyde was on that team, Uh, Anthony Hitchens, James Morris, Chris Kirksey. Like, you just had a – I mean, Brandon Sheriff, like, me standing next to him. I was like, I'm supposed to go out and, like, block guys that are this size? I was like, holy cow. Like, I I just knew right away that I had just such a long road ahead of me. But, I mean, I was just really looking forward to the opportunity of being able to start that journey. And, I mean, I just said – I. And my biggest mindset was just, you know, work hard and just try to have fun doing it, which is something I did my entire career.
0: Yeah, but um I mean, do they put the freshmen up against the seniors right off the bat or were you kind of going against um, other well, freshmen? Like,
1: um, like fall camp, I mean, no. Like I was with like we have the ones, twos, and then I'd be like threes or like the developmental group. Um and so that's, like – and your first year, and that's, like, you know, you're playing a lot, which, like, guys like, I don't know, Greg Garman, he played. Um, Drew Watt, because, I mean, Drew Watt coming in was, like, 6'4". I'm pretty sure he was, like, 240 when he first got there. Yeah. So, guys like that could play. But, like, guys my side, like me, CJ, Riley McCarron, like, uh, Cole Cross, and we were just uh, – <laughs> We were at the threes, we didn't know right from left, uh, but we, had, we just went against each other, like just like, you know, freshman versus freshman, maybe like some redshirt freshman guys that didn't play yet, but it wasn't until like the season started when you, you know, you're on scout team that you're going against the ones every single day, and I mean, that's an experience all on its own, that, that was really fun, just being able to go, like, I got to practice against Anthony Hitchens <laughs> every day and get absolutely destroyed by him every day.
0: And you loved it though, right?
1: Oh, I absolutely loved it. It was, it was, that was so much fun because you didn't really have a word in the world. Like, you sit in the huddle, you look at a play, like it's shown, like it's drawn in front of you, and you just got to go do it. Yeah. And, like, I don't think I wasn't a very good blocker because I, I think when I had a fall camp, I was 210, so I gained 10 pounds there, like, by the football season. But like, I'm still tiny. And, I mean, all I, really, I just ran around I just ran a lot of routes and stuff. <laughs> but, I mean, just that, like, what was great about that as a freshman you get to see like the level of competition like what it takes to be a starter and those guys really showed me what it was it was awesome just being able to like go against those guys that i mean they're in the nfl now like they knew what took um and i just try to model my work ethic after those guys
0: was there any specific lessons you learned from them
1: um well it was different from different guys like um, like Anthony Hitchens he was a dude, him and Kirksey were both guys day just brought intensity every single day like it doesn't matter if it was week 7 of the season like before our bye week the body's sore you know we got our, it's our third practice of the week they're 100% full intensity and that's one thing I tried uh, that I learned that the, that you really need to do that yeah um and you had guys like you know um like oh uh, let's see James Vandenberg um like, he was just a guy that he showed up and he was he studied uh, outside of it. He did extra reps. Same with, like, Micah Hyde. He did a lot of extra reps, stuff like that. So, yeah, I took, like, individual, um, like, lessons from each guy. And that just kind of built up what, like, I kind of put together was I thought was the most important thing. It was just hard work, intensity. And a big thing was just being coachable because, you know, like, as a true freshman, you don't really get, you know, they are more focused on the season, you know, guys that are playing – but when you did get that opportunity to go in you with know, the Devo group, with the threes, you just had to go as hard as you possibly could. And the one thing, uh, my freshman coach, uh, David Rye, who's with the Packers now, he always told me just, he's like, have as much fun as you can. And if you ever mess up, just go as hard as you possibly can. And just go 100%, it doesn't matter. Just go as hard as you can and try to hit somebody. Yeah. And so that's one thing. I, I did that even if I messed up play my senior year. I was like, well, I'm just going to go hit somebody.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's the perfect yeah. strategy for football success.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you don't want to mess up that often, but if you're messing up, you might as well do it as you know, fast as you possibly can.
0: Yeah. So I'd say you had a pretty, and I remember this too, coaching you. You were definitely the most coachable kid on the team. And I kind of attributed it to the fact that your dad was a football coach.
1: But yeah, that helped out that helped out a bunch. Like, I mean, just growing up with my dad, like the amount of times that he would just take me out and just throw me like deep balls. And then he would just like, you'd always just tell me like the one of the best things a player can be is coachable to just listen to your coach, look him in the eyes and do whatever he has to say as best you can.
0: Yeah. Do you think that so it seems like you had a pretty healthy, like a lot of people don't have a healthy relationship with failure, like they might mess up. And then just get completely flustered, and then you know, you know how it is when people when people go through failure, and then they just they let that kind of destroy them. But the healthy way to yeah. look at it is that failure is just going to happen naturally while you're learning a new skill or learning something new. Um, what do you attribute that to?
1: Well, like that's the thing. I actually, I like I dealt with that pretty well in high school. Like I just kind of flushed stuff if anything went wrong. But in college, it's kind of a new thing that, like, you got to relearn it because you never, like, like, you know, failure sucks. It's not fun. But um, especially as a freshman, cause you, when you want to do everything right, you want to impress the coaches, you want to impress your teammates, you want to do everything right, you know, so, you know, people view you as accountable. Um, so, that, that, you know, that took some learning. And, uh, you know, once you figure that out, then you, I mean, you can start playing. And even if you do mess up, you know, it doesn't even matter. But and it took me, like, I'd say, like, a year, year and a half to really figure that out. Not really my freshman year because, you know, it did not really matter because, you know, you're on scout team the whole time. Yeah. But, you know, like, that retro freshman year when all I was doing was running r- wheel routes, I didn't really understand the options entirely. So, I mean, I messed up here and there. But, you know, after a while, you just you just got to let everything go and just be able to play ball.
0: Yeah. So, what do you, what do you, do you have something you tell yourself after you make a mistake, so you know, missing a block or dropping a pass,
1: um, you know, I actually this year, I um, Matt Vandenberg, you know, he helped me out. You know, I, I hit a little bit of a rough patch in camp, you know, I had a couple bad practices in a row, and then Matt Vandenberg came to me, he was like, dude, just because I wore, I had wrist tape every day because you block, I had to protect my wrist, so he's like, just draw a, an R on your your wrist tape, and every time you mess up or, you know, you drop a pass, something like that, just click the R, just push it, you know, it's just, uh, put your thumb on the R, and it's a reset button. And that's all you got to say is just, hey, reset. Even if you make a good play, you make a bad play, just reset it because the next play is the one that matters. Like, you could just have a 50-yard catch. That doesn't matter. Like, the next play is the most important play. So he said, just use that reset button, and uh, that's something that, you know, he showed me and uh that's like after a while it's just kind of uh you know you don't really need to you know push it physically but it's just mental in your head you are say like, all right next play next play and that's something that really helped me out um i kind of did stuff like that early on in my career but that was really the most helpful thing
0: yeah what uh, even during the ultra successful moments the touchdowns and the pancakes and stuff you you still do you still mentally think about that
1: you know, after, after like three after like three or four weeks of just like, you know, physically pushing the arm, my hand, like my wrist, it just became like, it was a, just a checklist. Like after every single play, you know, I was just like, all right, next one, next one, reset it. And uh, that really helped me. And, you know, I think that's an incredibly helpful thing because, you know, football, like it's, it's a physical sport, but it's also, I mean, it's incredibly mental and, uh, you know, you can't let things snowball. You know, badly. And so, if you if you're able to reset it every single play, then you have a chance to do a lot of good plays in a row.
0: That's awesome, dude. I'm probably gonna steal that when I go back to football coaching.
1: (laughs) No, definitely do. Uh, That that's uh, that thing is incredibly helpful. Especially for guys that that don't have like the highest self confidence in themselves, or like they take you know failure really hard. It's just like all you got to think about is the next play. Like. It's really all it is, and that's what football is. Because I mean, on like a typical uh, like offense, you're going to have like 60 to 70 plays. Like, all right, yeah, you might have you might have a couple good catches here and there, but you know, if you're you know messing up at the same like six or seven times, it kind of you know counteracts itself. So You just got to be able to you know have a good play every play. Really? Yeah. I mean, or you just got to erase the bad plays.
0: Yeah, it's just a way of staying conscious throughout the game about the fact that this play matters because I know sometimes you can get hung up on momentum and you know you just kind of or I call it like zombie mode where you're not really thinking yeah. about what you're doing but this is a way to just kind of take a second to get back in the present moment and that's awesome man I love that I'm gonna actually use that in my in normal life <laughs> you
1: know? no I, I absolutely love it I, I mean I use that I mean I'm down in Dallas right now working out and I, mean, I have like we're doing a lot of you know speed squats stuff like that. Like I I just do it mentally still, just like all right next set, you know the next set's the most important set. I use it for everything, and uh, you know it's just I absolutely love doing it.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So, so when
1: where oh
0: for sure when when did your mindset switch from I'm a newbie to you know taking ownership and being a leader uh, on the team?
1: No, I'd say, I, you know, because I didn't really play much my redshirt freshman or my redshirt sophomore year, and, you know, I attribute a lot of that. Like, I wasn't really the most focused kid. Like, I was, I was just really happy. I was in Iowa City. I was with all my friends. It was my family. Like, so, you know, I, I had some distractions, and it really wasn't until, like, after my redshirt sophomore year, I was like, you know, I'm tired of riding the bench. Like, I'm tired of just playing special teams. Like, I want to have an important role in this offense. And so, because I had two ankle surgeries. That year, or like right after the 2014 season. And I was like, I'm going to do everything I possibly can. So I refocused. Another thing was uh, that offseason, Pat Anger came in. Uh, he was helping out in the weight room a couple times. And I just asked him because our coach Ferentz always said that, like, Pat Anger, he didn't play at all until, like, what was it? I think like it was junior, right? his junior year. Yeah, it was like week three or four of his junior year. And I asked him like, like, what do you change? Like, I changed everything. I changed my social life. Like, I didn't like I like I didn't do like all the social stuff. All I focused on was football and class. And it was like, that's all I cared about. I felt, I cared about my teammates and I cared about playing football. And I just I took that to heart and I was just thinking about all the things I could you know change in my life to you know get on the football field. And I did those things and that's you know that's I attribute a lot of my success to you know that. 30 second conversation I had with pet Anger uh, about changing all the things that are holding me back, and I took that to heart uh, that offseason, and that really paid off for the 2015 season, and it kept me rolling to the 2016 season.
0: Yeah, what what did you uh, what little changes did you make?
1: Uh, I focused really like. Like, my my biggest distraction was, you know, I like to go downtown Iowa City. It's a fun time. Yeah. And so I I really, I just kind of took that out of my life. I was like, you're not, like, you can't do that if you want to succeed over here. Like, what's more important, going out as a 20 year old or playing football? And I like, you know, I I really just sat myself down, looked myself in the mirror. I was like, you you need to change this. And so I got rid of that. Um, I changed my, like, sleeping habits. I took as many naps as I possibly could. I was asleep by, like, uh, like ten o'clock, like I was in bed at nine o'clock every night, um, and I really just I put all my energy and effort into the weight room and uh, into football. And also, like I, like my retro sophomore year, I play, I was at like 220, 227 pounds. Like you can't really play tight end with that weight, so I knew my biggest like flaw was I needed to um, gain weight, and so I really focused that offseason. I got up to about two forty for the two thousand fifteen season, and then I played last year. This season at 252, and that helped me out a lot.
0: Did you do that, you know, with smart nutrition, or did you just decide you're going to eat everything you saw?
1: Um, a lot of it, so because we got the like, we started to be able to get meals through football, you know, it wasn't just one meal a day or one meal a week, I, I can't remember, but so we got we started getting like three meals or two major meals a day, and so I, you know, ate as much of that as I possibly could. And I I had a lot of protein. Like I mean, I attribute my weight gain to a lot of protein shakes. Yeah. <laughs> just, you know, I had a protein shake with every single meal I ate. I had, a, I had one right when I woke up, before I went to bed. Um, and that helped me out a lot. And just, uh, I try to get rid of it you me. Know, like, I love fast food, and I will not lie about that. <laughs> I try to limit the amount of times I ate fast food. Yeah. And uh, What's the best was, fast
0: food, real quick?
1: My favorite See, they only have it in the South. It's uh, Raising Cane's Chicken. Okay. They only sell chicken tenders, and they have cane sauce. And one day, I hope to open a franchise in <laughs> Iowa just to let the people up there know what it tastes like. It's my favorite thing in the entire world.
0: Yeah, man. We just got... We lived in the South for three years on the border of Virginia and North Carolina. The fried chicken down there is a million times better.
1: Oh, my goodness. It's incredible. Like, Iowa City this year just got a Popeye's, but... It's nowhere close to Cane's or Chicken Express, Church's Chicken, Slim Chickens. Oh my goodness, I love those places.
0: You're like a connoisseur of of fried chicken places.
1: (laughs) I just, I I love a good fried chicken.
0: (laughs) So you cut that, you kind of, you limited it. You didn't cut it out, but you limited it. So does that mean like one time a week or what?
1: Oh, I was probably, like, I mean, like, I also, I love Panda Express. So I try to like that was something like my freshman sophomore year I ate, I ate like fast food a lot and so I try to cut it down just you know honestly like three times a week was good for me because I used to eat it almost every day <laughs> so that helped a lot yeah but I mean like now like I'm learning because now I'm like I live with uh, like Ryan Switzer from North Carolina who like he that dude he eats so healthy I'm I'm learning as much as I can from him and he's helping me like keep my diet in check. So I can't eat fast food. And that's like, I mean, I've already seen in the like two weeks I've been here, I already feel way better. I've leaned out a little bit. My body fat's dropped a couple percentage. So I'm just going to try to, you know, keep on that role just to stay healthy.
0: Yeah, man. Do they, do they teach you nutrition at all uh, through the football program? Because I always thought, See? you know, and looking back on when I was coaching, I always thought, you know, it would have been so great to actually teach our players about nutrition because I feel like you could make so many gains doing that.
1: You really can like coach doyle uh, like he sits down with you and he like he like they give you a book right when you get there that he put together and it's about like it's a meal prep list like you can go to the grocery store and buy everything on this list and it tells you how to make like it gives you like three or four different meals for breakfast three or four different meals for lunch and dinner and that like i you know i didn't use that probably as much as i could have but my junior, senior year, I definitely did. And that helped me out a lot, just gaining, like, you know, good, lean weight. And, uh, you know, I wish I would have uh, looked at that earlier because that probably would have helped me out a lot sooner.
0: Yeah, what uh What other advice would you give to incoming freshmen?
1: Incoming freshmen to the Iowa football program? Yeah. Um, be a sponge and absorb absolutely everything that anyone tells you. Because if they've been there, they know what it takes to get through an offseason, to get through a season, and to succeed. Yeah. Um, that's, that's what I learned, just absolutely taking everything you possibly can, any tips, anything. Like, I'll never forget my true freshman year, Tanner Miller, I was, like, trying on new cleats, and he looked at me, and he was like, hey, make sure you uh, get your socks wet before you try on new cleats, because it'll break them in about twice as fast. And that's something I will never forget. And I'll take that with me as long as I play football.
0: <laughs> nice. Uh, so I got some quick questions, and then we'll kind of move on into, uh, I guess, kind of philosophies you've learned um, from some of your from your coaches. But uh, what was your favorite moment as a Hawkeye? I mean, if you had to distill it down to one, because I'm sure there's billions. Who? Um, cool. Let's
1: see. I'd say just one moment. You're killing me.
0: Uh, okay. Uh, how about a favorite moment, not the favorite moment?
1: I can give you two. Okay. I think my, one of my favorites is the Purdue game last year where um, both me and Henry scored a touchdown, and then we clinched the Big Ten West. That was an amazing experience, just being able to, you know, that success and especially have you know, family on the team. And Henry's, I mean, he was uh, like one of my best friends. So just being able to be able to succeed like that with him. And that was his first touchdown of the year. Because I honestly, like, they put me in for a couple plays that he was supposed to score on, and I somehow scored. <laughs> so I, I stole a couple from him. But just being able to, like, us both score and, like, we both played really well, it was just an awesome experience. And then I'd say my other favorite one was senior day this year against Nebraska. Just all of our seniors played so well, our team just, you know, played so hard. And, Everything, you know, kind of came together. And it was just so much fun to be able to see that happen.
0: Yeah. I guess when you brought up last year, 2015, and even this year, something you guys did that I've never seen a football team do before is when you won the trophy games, you guys all linked arms or held hands and you walked across the field as a unit. And that impressed me so much where I think when I first saw it, I think you guys beat Iowa State and you all locked up and you walked across field instead of you you usually see like a sprint from everybody just chaos but you walked across field as a group and i think in that moment i knew something was gonna it was gonna be a special year that year
1: that that was uh i was kind of from our seniors and they were just like let's let's swarm across because you know we take the field at uh the beginning of the game as a swarm because you know we're one unit we're not like one individual player we're not we're not just, you know, we don't, you know, just have Desmond King. Like we're the entire Hawkeye team. Like we, we do, we win together, we lose together. We do everything together. So we figured, hey, you know, we won this game. Let's go get that trophy as one unit. And, uh, you know, that's one of the most spe- like I love doing that. Just being able to swarm, you know, four times to get four trophies. That was amazing.
0: That was that was amazing, man. I, my my students in Virginia got so annoyed every week when I came in. I'm like well I'm like 10-0 and 0 now guys <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah that's that was so much
0: fun it was crazy man uh, would you rather pancake someone or score a touchdown
1: Um, let's see mm. so that's hard for me because <laughs> you're know, scoring a touchdown it's incredible you know it's an awesome experience being able to you know, lift the arms up and just be able to celebrate with your teammates but at the same time being able like to pancake a guy is like that's like, you know, you can score a touchdown. Someone blows a coverage. Like, it's like you could just, like, kind of pop open. And it's easy. But, like, when you pancake a guy, that's taking your, your like, you're forcing your physicalness on this guy, and he's just quitting. And he's just like, all right, I don't want any more of this. And then once you feel that, like, kind of defeat, and then you just drive him into the ground, and you hear the wind come out of his you know, lungs, yeah, that's just, I absolutely love that.
0: <laughs> Dude, spoken like a true lineman. <laughs> and, and they have to get up the next play and line back up and think oh yeah I just got physically dominated by this guy and now I gotta do it again it's, oh yeah that, it's awesome it's awesome man uh, did you have a pre-game ritual?
1: <laughs> oh this is kind of funny I threw up before every game I'd go down I'd warm up and once we came in off the field I would throw up come <laughs>
0: on Oh, man. Well, it's kind of a disgusting question, but you, like, forced yourself to or is it was just automatic after a while? Automatic. Every <laughs> game. Oh, man. Um, well, this is going to be a weird question right after that. Um, did you have a go-to post-victory meal? Pan Express. Pan Express? Nice. Oh, yep. Okay. Time. So, and then my next question was, what's the best place to eat in Iowa City? But I think I know the answer.
1: Well, I love Pan Express, but my favorite like restaurant. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a restaurant called Gray's, and like they catered a lot of our foods. Best meal I've ever had, and like the owners of it are incredible. Like they're the nicest people ever. It's a husband and a wife, and my mom went to high school with the wife, and so kind of knew her that way. And they just prepared the greatest meals. Like we were, when we played Minnesota this year, they brought in like um, a roasted pig. No way. Like yeah it was awesome like these guys and we when we uh that got announced for playing the outback bowl they they flew up like gator from florida and they <laughs> cooked it for us
0: no way that's amazing I, where's this place at i've never heard of it
1: uh, it's downtown it's like right across from like brothers uh or like tcb it's um yeah it's just right downtown it's incredible it's great atmosphere great food
0: incredible awesome so I want to talk a little bit about philosophies that you've learned it's great I, I love the fact that you're saying that you know the some of the best advice is just to be a sponge because you really seem to have taken that to heart and I know you've you played for a future hall of fame football coach Kirk Ferentz yeah you trained under probably the best strength and conditioning coach in the country Chris Doyle yep. and you were raised by one of the nicest guys on earth, your dad, Bruce Kittle. <laughs> yeah. So what, what kind of lessons have you taken away from these guys? Sheesh, um, you know,
1: a whole bunch. Um, I'd say Coach Ferenc, The one of the greatest things about Coach Ferrance is he cares individually for each, each uh, player on his team, and that's one thing I took to heart, just the fact that like, he knows the name of every single guy that's ever been on his team since he's been a coach. Like every everybody, and he gets to know them on a personal level, and he shows that he cares. And like you know, there's programs out there that the head coach, you know, like you're just another dude, you know, you're just another gear and the and um, you know, in the machine, and it's not like that at all, Coach friends He cares so much about each individual player, and you know, he cares more about each player when they come in. Like one of his big things is all I want, like I want if you can graduate from Iowa, you did something right, and if you can just take some of the lessons I've taught you and like, he he's all about, you know, he wants to make you a better man. Like, and he, like, he prides himself more on helping young men, you know, become or young boys really become men and, you know, people that can contribute to society in a good and powerful way. Um, that's one thing I took from him and just, you know, be the best person you possibly can be. Um, you know, just be good to other people. That and that's one thing that, you know, I will always cherish. And my relationship with Coach Ferrence is great. And I I respect him more than almost anybody I know.
0: Even having never met him, but just seeing how he how he acts on the sideline, I mean, I have the most respect for coaches that can keep it together. They're calm, collected, you know, are cheering their players on even after moments that they're probably disappointed. I, I think he's a great coach. I mean you know he's I'm incredible. <laughs> you know,
1: I mean he, he he's taken like he I, think I was I mean I was like
0: a two star guy. He's taking
1: guys like me, walk ons. Like I mean, pretty sure like Josie Jewell had an offer from you and I and an offer from Iowa and he's come in and I mean I mean in my opinion he should have been first team all big ten, but you know, he wasn't but i mean like he takes guys that are walk-ons like look at like Ryan mccarron you know he led our team in receptions um you have like cole cross and walk on now he's on they're both on scholarship it's just it's absolutely incredible and you guys you got like I think four or five guys this year that all got offered you know they got their scholarships that make him in on those walk-ons like he's taking guys that no one else wanted and he's making them into you know great players yeah and that's and you know great people too that that's what's incredible
0: yeah man what a what is it about tight ends that play for the hawkeyes like what is it about that position because you know you had dallas clark tony moyaki um your cousin you know you have all these great tight ends that that play for iowa is there is it just the style of offense they run well
1: i mean you know i like we we use the tight ends these one two three tight ends at a time and you know If tight ends like they treat tight ends, you know, you have to you have to be able to block somebody that you have to be able to block a 280, 290 pound defensive end, be able to block a like a 230 pound linebacker, but then you also have to be able to run a route on a 200 pound safety or a corner, and it's just like they put so much effort into preparing us, um, and they know like you know how useful we can be and how like they need tight ends to you know run our offense successfully. And so they put a lot of effort into uh, you know teaching us the right way to do things, and so I think that just really attributes the, the great you know the great tight ends that have come out of Iowa, um, yeah. and it's just kind of made it like you know if you if someone offers you to play tight end at Iowa like that's like that's an honor you know being able to try to walk in the same steps as Dallas Clark and C J Fedorowicz it's just like, like I have this opportunity and you know I'm gonna make the most of it.
0: Yeah, definitely, man. What uh what about Coach Doyle? Would he teach you?
1: A couple of things. One of the things is you can always, you know, you can always give a little bit more. Um, you know, our offseason training—it's it, grueling, but like you know how much better you're going to become from it. Whether it's like, conditioning, you know, running, you know, at five o'clock in July, <laughs> or just uh, like the strength. Like I mean, like I said, like, he he helped me gain 51 pounds, and it's a mindset. Like everything's a mindset. You can do anything you want if you have the right mindset with it and, and that's just he and he just like yeah really he, he just showed me that you, you really if you put your mind to it you can do whatever you want it's and i mean he's just a guy he will get every ounce of effort out of you and he'll force it out of you and that's like that's just you know an incredible like i'm i'm so happy i was at all just being able to experience you know his you know great coaching and teaching and i've learned so much from him and like you know, when I work out, the next you know, when I'm working out. Like I take what he taught me, and I use that still.
0: I read that you guys uh, had to study one of my favorite books of all time called The Slight Edge. Did, yep. did, did he bring that to the table, or who who assigned you guys that?
1: Uh, well, I mean, him and Coach Ferens both did. And okay. We you know read that as um, we read that as like a team. And then we, like, I mean, our, um, like, we, like, one of our mottos for last year was the Iowa Edge, you know, and it's just like doing little things that will, you know, just attribute, you know, they'll compile over time. And that was a big part of what we did. And then, like, this year we read, read the book, uh, Legacy, which is, um, it's about, you know, the rugby team, the All Blacks from New Zealand. And, you know, it shared a lot of the same story, this wide edge, but it was, you know, um, it wasn't just stories. It was um, for the, like, the rugby team. And that was another incredible uh, read that Coach Doyle brought for us. And I think a big thing in like, football is you, know, you have all the workouts, you have all the practices, but being able to come together as a team like, kind of outside of the sport of football, but like, being able to talk about things that matter to the team, that, that's a really big thing. And I think that, that's what really helped us out last year and this year.
0: Yeah, just having kind of open discussions about your goals and how you're going to accomplish them. Yes. Yeah. Nice. What a uh, Okay, so I want to talk about your dad a bit cuz he coached he was the varsity coach um for Iowa City West when I was there as a freshman coach and we were both coaching O-line. So, we interacted a lot and I mean, I even remember I would go do my workouts and I can't remember the name of the place, the tennis center maybe. I don't know. It was kind of by the rugby fields. And he would be in there working out like crazy, and he would get a harder workout than me. I'm, I swear to God. <laughs> he, oh, that he, he works out incredibly hard. Yeah. Just always the most positive, uplifting guy, one of the most uplifting people I've ever been around, to be honest with you. I mean, this is a silly question to ask, what lessons have you learned from your father? Because, you know, like I said, there's probably millions of them. But if you had to pass on one, one lesson, to maybe your own kids someday, what would that be?
1: Oh, I I actually I I have modeled my life a lot after my dad just because everything I've learned from him and, and just you know, I mean one thing the main thing that stands out for me and my dad is really that um, he puts a hundred percent effort in everything and he absolutely loves you know the sport of football and. He shows his love and compassion to everybody. And, I mean, with my kids, like, I hope one day I I can love my kids the way and show them that the way that my dad has over the course of my life. Um, That's just the biggest thing because I've never once questioned my entire life, like, the love my dad has for me or, like, his pride in me. And I hope I can pass that on to my kids.
0: Yeah. I've been around a lot of kids uh, with teaching and coaching, and that's key right there. To raise a successful kid, man, you gotta have that right away. So yeah. That's huge. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about your trips to Colorado and climbing 14ers, because in my life that's a that's a major thing because it just brings you know it brings about adventure, it brings about pushing myself to to the limits. But you and your dad were the first people I had ever met who had actually climbed one. So what what do those trips mean to you? Um,
1: well, we I've done trips both of like my entire family and then just my dad. And you know I absolutely, I mean I love doing all the trips with my family because it's, it's a way to you get away from everything, you get to experience something new together, and you get a bond, you get to talk about things, and you really just get to be with each other. But like with my dad, like just being able to spend a week or five days. Uh, with him and just being able to talk, you know, listen to stories he has. Um, and another, like, he he loves, he loves climbing mountains almost as he, much as he loves football. And he, he, like, he just loves the mountain ranges and, like, their beauty and really just being able to climb a 14er and you get to that top, it's being like, hey, I accomplished something great today. And, I mean, we'll, when we climb, we'll sit on top of that mountain for, like, an hour, just Walk, like looking at like just not saying a word just being able to look at all the other mountains around and just being able to you know say that hey we did this and you just to you know, see all the beauty you know that the world you know the United States has to offer and it's um, that's just really one of my favorite things just being able to spend all that time with my dad uh, it, it's incredible
0: yeah how uh, how old are you on your first your first trip oh geez, I think the first mountain I climbed
1: I climbed one of the presidents okay um, let's see i was probably like seven or eight
0: <laughs> how was that how was that as a seven or eight year old because i have two little kids and i'm you know already in my mind wheels are turning of when i can when i can get them started
1: um it was funny because we caught the first one and if you ask my parents i was whining the entire time <laughs> the yeah. entire time and once i got to the top pretty sure my parents told me that I was just saying that I was going to die of tiredness (laughs) and so what happened was with those mountains me and my mom actually we just climbed down after the first one and then my sister and my dad they climbed the other three that day and so um, that was my first experience and you know as a seven year old I probably just said I hate this yeah yeah of course the next time we climbed it I loved it and then we just kept climbing like one or two every summer and i just grew more and more of an appreciation for it and yeah uh, you know i absolutely love climbing mountains now it's a little different at 250 than it was at like 180
0: i gotta imagine man i gotta imagine your legs feel a little bit different afterwards <laughs> oh
1: i felt so terrible
0: which ones have you climbed recently
1: Um, uh, let's see i climbed um what was it the summer we climbed um mount savano okay and then so that was the first one i've climbed in a while because of you know summer workouts kind of you know don't allow us to you know get out and climb you know go out there but um you know long speed bear stat um geez i got there was one, we did like two. Oh, we did massive and Elbert. Those two were awesome. I love fun in
0: those. Those two. I've done them twice and they're amazing each time.
1: It was fun when we climbed. I think it was massive. Right when we got to the, we got about, I'd say a hundred yards out of of the tree line, and a storm rolled in. And so we booked it back down to the tree line, kind of made a makeshift shelter, started a fire, and just kind of hung out for like two hours. It was raining and it was dark and it was it was like. 9 a.m. and it was really dark because the clouds were all just black. But it was, you know, kind of scary. But at the same time, it was really fun. It was just kind of like, hey, we're out in <laughs> the wilderness right now, so this is kind of exciting.
0: Yeah. Well, and massive, you go out, you have to go quite a ways to get the tree line. So there's like no way of even heading back to your car at that point. Oh no, not at all. We always,
1: whenever we come a mountain, you know, depending on the hours, we're usually, I'm thinking for Longs Peak and for massive we were like we were on the trail by like one thirty or 2
0: yeah yeah man we did uh we did elbert the summer at night just because my friend was trying to get all the mountains in and we got to the top for the sunset which is beautiful and amazing but of course you get to the top and then you see a storms coming in the distance and so we sprinted down the mountain as fast as we could and I looked over at Massive, which is right next to it, and the storm is just hitting there, like lightning, thunder, just craziness. But probably like 10 miles over or wherever we were, it was perfectly clear. It was insane.
1: Yeah, the, the storms that roll
0: in there are just absolutely
1: insane. They're so quick.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I have a theory. So I, there was a story from uh, freshman year, your freshman year of football, that I will always remember because it made me so freaking proud as a freshman coach. I don't. Let's see if you remember this. We we got the whole football team, so freshman, sophomore, varsity. Everybody was lined up on the bottom of this three tiered hill in Iowa, uh, Iowa City West, and that hill oh, yeah. sucked. Remember that? That was brutal. Like I would run Oh, I'll
1: s- never forget that.
0: <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about, then? Oh
1: yeah. I'll so I'll never forget that.
0: So we did. We did something where it was like hey the whole team lines up you're gonna run as many hills as you can you can quit whenever you want but we're basically you know looking for the for the people who are mentally tough and yeah. pretty quickly the freshman team dropped off <laughs> except yeah. except you man you were it was like you and maybe like three seniors left and you're on like hill 20 or whatever something crazy and in the back of my mind I'm like this kid is tough, man, and I think you ended up outlasting all of the seniors. I'm pretty sure I
1: got second.
0: Yes, second.
1: second. Yeah, behind camera was he was a quarterback.
0: So, so my theory is the fact that you've gone to Colorado and you've climbed mountains and you, which is hard. It's a very hard activity. Has that carried over and like shaped your worth, your work ethic?
1: Uh, one thing I learned from climbing kind of the mountains in Colorado was really like, you know, small steps and just one step in front of the other, no matter like what your task is. And that, I mean, that's one thing I've held to me, like, you know, just it, like, it's a long road. So I like, I, that's what my dad told me that when I first, like when he dropped me off that day, uh, my freshman year, he said, it's a long road. Like don't you know, try to do too much, do what they tell you to do. And it's going to be hard. Just do one step after the other. And, you know, I I took that to heart and that's all I really thought about. And, you know, another thing I can't remember, it's some YouTube video said, um, if you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. And that's one thing I've literally said to myself hundreds of times If things have ever gotten hard. You're conditioning, you're pushing prowlers, you're squatting heavy weights. One thing I always say in the back of my head is, you know, if you want to succeed, if you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful.
0: Yeah, that's powerful, man. My my buddy this summer when he was climbing all the mountains, he'd always play the song by ACDC. It's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so. With way to the top if you want to rock and roll. Yeah, man. And ever since he started playing that, that like that that philosophy has stuck with me. Where it's like, yeah, if you're going to want to be successful at anything, it's going to take a while. And you got to be consistent uh, and you got to be consistently working hard. And then eventually that that'll equal success. You know, that's kind oh, of yeah, I think that's like the main formula of life, you know, consistency plus hard work equals success. Yeah. Um, what, what are your future plans here? What's your I know you said you're down in Texas training right now.
1: Yeah, I'm training. Um, yeah, I'm
0: just, uh, you know, I'm
1: trying to prepare myself for uh, pro day, and you know, hopefully I get a shot at, uh, you know, NFL. Hopefully, I can get picked up by our team. I, I want to just play football as long as I can.
0: Yeah. Are you training with a group of people, or under a specific coach, or what?
1: Um. Yeah, I'm training with a group of guys. You know, scatter. You know, some random colleges. You know, I got uh, North Carolina, LSU, TCU, Oklahoma State. Richmond, Louisiana Tech, Southeast Missouri State. They're just, you know, it's just, you know, Stephen F. Austin. It's just, it's kind of fun, though, you know, being able to work out with different guys and, you know, hear stories of how, you know, their teams were and, you know, just be around, you know, different people. And it's exciting and, you know, because, you know, it's not always going to be, you know, Iowa football where everything's, you know, planned out for you and the same thing. You just you got to, you know, I'm using this kind of as a learning experience for me to be able to, you know, kind of be on my own. And, uh, you know, you know, I have to do the, right. like, there's no one there to say, Hey, you need to do this. Like your body weight needs to be this. Like I have to focus on what the small things myself is not someone there, you know, to be helping me in six months. Like, I got kind of on my own. So that's uh, one reason I'm down here, just to kind of learn that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, best of luck to you. I'll, we'll definitely be following your journey here. My, my daughter, has her Iowa Hawkeye jersey on today. <laughs> Cause I told her. I'm like, I'm talking to a Hawkeye. She's like, yeah. Um That's all. So yeah, man. Broncos though, right? Denver? Come on. Hey, I mean that'd be cool if you play with Henry again. <laughs> you no, know, I I'll, if
1: I get an opportunity anywhere, I'll be happy.
0: Yeah, for sure. Of course. Well we'll keep working hard, George man. I'm I'm unbelievably proud of you. I I know I'd sent you this in the email, but in my classroom I hung up the sports illustrated cover you were on and yeah. i would just tell my kids you know because I had, I had so many kids that were like i'm gonna be in the nba and i'm gonna be in the nfl and i would tell them all like guys you can totally do this but you got to be willing to put in the hard work every day if you're willing to do that you're gonna have a shot and i'd use you kind of as the example there you know what i mean yeah so oh, it's pretty awesome what what uh, the ripple effect you've been able to have. Right, thank you. All right, thanks for talking to me, man. Yes, sir. No, definitely. All right, see, you, man. I'll see you. Bye. All right, thanks again for George Kittle for chatting with me. Um, best of luck to him and everything that goes into training for the NFL Combine. Doing the combine, doing the whole draft thing. Uh, I know he'll be successful just because that's the kind of person that he is. A couple things that I really took away from George, first of all, was the reset button. That he used to write the R on his arm and hit the reset button after every play. Um, Ever since I talked to him, it's been about a week now, I've been mentally hitting the reset button in moments where i find myself stressed out, maybe not in the best of mood, or you know, even if it's just a moment where the situation changes. So maybe it goes from me working out or being by myself and running to a moment where i come back home and i make breakfast for the kids. I'm going to hit that reset button in between because it's just a great idea to help us stay present in the actual moment that we are actually in right now, which is so hard for all of us because we're either thinking about things that have already happened or worrying about things that could happen in the future, and it's very difficult to actually Let all that go and just be in the moment you're actually in. So the reset button is just a mental checkbox or a mental trick where you can remind yourself that this is a moment that is important and you need to be here for this moment. I thought that was amazing. I'm always going to remember that and... I'm asking you guys to steal that for your everyday life as well. The other aspect of George's story that is so inspiring to me and so true for anything is just the struggle that he went through to accomplish his goals. Because accomplishing your goals, it's not going to always be a cakewalk. In fact, most times if not every time, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be a journey. It's going to be a process. And you're going to have to do the little things right consistently over time. And eventually that's going to add up to your success. And I thought George had a really great approach to the concept of, and I'm going to call this, it's a long way to the top. If you want to rock and roll, (laughs) because that is such a genius analogy for accomplishing whatever your goal may be. I don't care if your goal is learning how to bake the best banana bread of all time. You got to go into learning this goal with the mindset of it's a long way to the top if you want to make some banana bread. Right? It's going to take a while. In fact, I always joke with my wife, who went through med school, residency, and basically the longest post-high school journey you co- could possibly take, the journey to become a doctor, which takes, let me do the quick math, four years of undergrad, four years of med school, that's eight years, everybody, good math by me, plus Three more years of residency. That, my friends, is 11 whole years. And we always joke that day one of med school, the professors should have just blasted ACDC as everybody came in and sit down for lecture. Because... That's the truth, man. It's a long, long way to accomplish your goals. But if you're like George and you know that heading into whatever your goal may be, and you understand the hard work and sacrifices you're going to have to make, it's going to make that journey, I don't want to say it's going to make it easier, but it might change your perspective of the hard times, the obstacles, all the hurdles you have to jump, and basically all the things we usually look at as negatives. Changing your mindset, understanding that it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll, that's going to change how those obstacles appear in your mind's eye. Those obstacles are not going to appear negative anymore. They're going to appear for what they actually are. And that is necessity for accomplishing your goal. Because whatever goal you have, I always say obstacles are accepted and embraced. We know they're going to happen and we want them to happen because that is going to make us better. At whatever we're trying to accomplish. In fact, the great philosophers, ACDC, must have understood the idea of the obstacle is the way, which is a great book by Ryan Holiday, when they pinned the song (laughs) that we keep talking about. Because it was one of their first songs ever. In fact, I don't know... ACDC history that well, excuse me. Sorry, people. But I think it was one of their first singles they ever released. They understood the amount of sacrifices they were going to have to make to accomplish their goals of being rock stars. And they also embraced those sacrifices and knew that all these impediments were just there to make them the best they possibly could be and i think george embodies that spirit which is why he will be successful and which is why he is already successful so thanks again george you rock we'll definitely be following your journey Hopefully, you're on the Denver Broncos, so you can be out in Denver. You can climb a bunch of mountains. That would be really cool. And keep being a sponge, man. That's the best way to approach life. There are lessons you can learn from any person you come in contact with. If you enjoyed this podcast, this conversation, keep supporting us at Like a Bigfoot, which you can do by joining our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com likeabigfoot. You can subscribe on iTunes, which also has a kind of a compilation of all of our interviews up to this point. You can also find everything on SoundCloud or our website, www.likeabigfoot.com. With the podcast, speaking of obstacles, this is the obstacle that I'm definitely struggling with maybe the most, the whole spreading the word self-promotion deal um, still feels something that I'm not really comfortable with yet. Maybe that comfort will develop in time. So if you guys could share this, that would help me out a lot. Or if you just know some guests that would be really great conversations, or they have an amazing, optimistic, positive story to tell, just like George today, feel free to share them with me. Um, Easiest way is on the Facebook page, or you can hit the little comment thing (laughs) on the bottom of the podcast blog that I put out. I will do my best to keep bringing you these amazing guests each and every week. And I'm not going to miss a week. That's my promise. All right, guys. uh, Go out and do something amazing. Have an adventure. Be positive. Spread the goodness. And be sure to tune in next week to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm Chris Ward. Have a good week, guys.